Welcome to another episode of the Innovativeness Imperative Podcast, where my guest and I will explore innovativeness, which is the quality that results from the combined enhancement of customer experience and employee experience to consistently generate new ideas, products, and services in a business, and is required in a business because if you're not innovating, you're dying. All right, welcome to another episode of the Innovativeness Imperative or I Squared podcast. This is a podcast where a guest and I will explore innovativeness, which is the quality that results from the combined enhancement of customer experience and employee experience to consistently generate new ideas, products, and services within a business environment. My guest tonight is a serial entrepreneur and founder of Master Plan for Success. Um, he has built, he built his first company into a multi six figure business from scratch. He's take, taken his knowledge and experience and decided to help other small business owners shortcut their path to success by helping them with marketing strategies, systems and automation stuff I like to hear. Um, he has the privilege um, or had the privilege of sharing the virtual stage with many experts, including Grant Cardin, Laura Langemeyer. Uh, Kim Walsh, Dan Kennedy, Tony Robbins, and other business experts throughout the years. And in his free time, which is the stuff I loved also to hear, he loves being outside, reading, traveling, playing piano, and the keyboard. And this is a nugget. He recently was invited to sing at Carnegie Hall in New York City uh, next summer as part of a national choir led by world-renowned composer-conductor Pepper Choplin. Welcome, Scott Hartley. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, this tell tell us in a nutshell what you do. Yeah. So one of the things that I found is that um, it just kind of over the years, as I've worked with a lot of small business owners, um, especially service based business owners, is that they really are frustrated with the lack of results from their marketing efforts. And that, you know, that really makes a lot of sense because most people go into business because they know what they do. Yeah. They love what they do. And so they, they know their craft. But when it comes to marketing their business, that's usually a space where most of us lack a lot of experience or expertise or knowledge. I was that way whenever I started out in my companies. And so um, I see that frustration every day when I talk with entrepreneurs, small business owners. And so what I've really decided to do to make a difference in the world is help create easy to use marketing machines that any busy entrepreneur can put into action so that they can consistently get new leads and retain existing customers and basically grow their business on autopilot. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I, you you hit such a it's it's a it's something that we all know right we're all technicians all entrepreneurs are technicians in their own right and sense and we yep. never really understand how much marketing we need to take on we never really understand all of the other things that go that need to be in place in order to be a successful entrepreneur and so what i hear you're saying is you create that marketing machine makes the yep. life of the entrepreneur easier 
Exactly. I, I mean, realistically, once you set up the essential marketing machines in your business, again, your business can grow on autopilot, but it's a matter of putting those in place so that you can do what you love to do and just stay in your zone of genius. Awesome. Awesome. And, yeah. and, and, and I would imagine it will free up their time, right? Like we all want more time. Right. Yeah, we all want more time. We want <laughs> yeah. more freedom. Um, you know, and, and we just want to get rid of the headaches because yeah. none of us likes doing the things that we don't like to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it comes to business. We all know that it's like, OK, I have to pay the taxes. I have to do the finances. I've got to do marketing because I got to get new clients. <laughs> but not everybody enjoys those type of things. And yeah. so whenever yeah. you can get these machines and these systems in place, it frees you up. So it frees you up for time, obviously, because now, you know, it can run on autopilot, but it can also free you up mentally. You're not having to dread this task of doing something that you don't enjoy doing. Um, and, you know, even though the few pieces that you do have to do, you can outsource those pretty easily. Just kind of keep on tabs with it. So it can free you up mentally. And then it just frees your business to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and it really gives you that, and ultimately, the, the monetary freedom then kind of cycles back. It gives you the time freedom, you know, the mental freedom, all of these things that we really deep down desire as small business owners. When you implement the marketing machines in the effective way, it's going to give you what you desire. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I think we all, in some way, shape, fashion, or form, want to be free, right? Most entrepreneurs yeah. started their businesses just because they didn't want the job anymore. But I've seen so many, and you've probably seen this as well, so many entrepreneurs that start their business, they just transfer one job to another, <laughs> right? They just, yep. they just that's, switch. That's what I did in my first business, you mm -hmm. know, with my IT company. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I got tired of working for others and I was like, you know, and I had a lot of people, it was kind of the impetus. A lot of people were uh, coming to me with their computer questions. I'm yeah. like, well, if all these people are going to call me, I might as well start a business. I can fix computers. I can actually do this. Yeah. And, you know, because at the very beginning, I didn't know what I didn't know. I just created a job for myself. Yeah. You know, and I think all entrepreneurs get there. And, you know, at some point in your business career, entrepreneurial career, you have to figure out, do I want to continue on this way or how do I break out of it? And when you get to that point, I've got to break out of it. That's when the magic really happens. Yeah, that's so good because, you know, and, and everybody's different. I, I did the same thing in terms of my, my, my tax account. So I was a tax account for a long time and I had that business. And one day the light bulb went off and said, you know what? I'm, I just transferred one job to a next. I just, yeah. I'm just the owner of the job and I have more responsibility. Like the corporation, right. <laughs> I, could, I could just come to work and, and leave. But when you run your own thing, it's not that simple. So like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now where you listen to your favorite podcast. The innovativeness imperative is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Um, that's right so so tell me because the marketing machine that's a fantastic name by the way 
it's an innovation. It's it's a yeah. way to think about marketing in a new new way, a new way of packaging your services or products. Tell me mm -hmm. how you're cultivating that innovative culture within what you do. Yeah, so what I've found is that, and I know this from my own experience in my, you know, my business, that as I was starting out the IT company, obviously I knew I needed to get clients. Yeah. And I'm from a small town in Southern Indiana. Mm -hmm. And so you have the traditional methods of advertising. You have the newspaper that is calling you every time that they've got a special, you know, page that they're going to put in the newspaper. Annually, you've got the yellow pages, you know, they're calling you, Hey, do you want your yellow pages ad? Um, the radio station's going to do the same thing. Hey, we've got, you know, the basketball team made it to state or whatever, you know, do you want to have, you know, a special radio ad for this? Um, and mostly what I found is that I was doing a lot of haphazard marketing. Mm -hmm. Nothing was systematized. Nothing made any sense. It's like, oh, you call me. Oh, you want me to put my, my business name on the back of the Little League t-shirts? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll do that. You know, and I get a banner on the outfield. Awesome. You know, it's like really cool. <laughs> yeah. But I never was looking at, you know, what is this doing for my business? What return on my investment am I getting? And is it really, really effective? And as I started to study marketing and figure out like, what should I be doing that's going to generate results for my business, give me that freedom that I want, the growth that I want, I started to understand that doing this piecemeal type marketing just was never going to be effective. I felt like I was doing something, yeah. but I really wasn't doing anything. You know, there, there's a lot of, of difference there of, you know, being active versus taking the right actions. We can all be busy doing something, but only a few of us are going to be busy making a difference in the world and getting our message out there and our services. And so as I started studying that more, kind of the innovation that I discovered, and I, I didn't create this, but there's a customer journey. And one of the things that if you listen to all of the marketing gurus out there that are out there today, clamoring for your attention, 99% of them are constantly harping on, you got to have more leads. You got to have more leads. How do you get more customers? How do you get more customers? Mm -hmm. While they are important, I don't personally feel that that's necessarily the right place to begin with your marketing. And if that's the only place that you focus, what's happening to your existing customers? Yeah. What's happening to your past customers who went out the back door and you didn't even notice because you were too busy standing out in the street clamoring for new customers? You know, we, we get upset, you know, and maybe it's the same in, in your area, but, uh, you know, cable companies, cell phone companies, um, there's a lot of industries out there that all of their advertisements are on television. You can sign up now for this extravagant discount for 73 years or whatever, you know, that the case may be. But me, the customer who's been with you from day number one for the past 20 some odd years. I have to call in every single year and try to renegotiate my rate, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and how many of us get frustrated by that, right? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so put yourself in the shoes of your customers. If all they see is your advertising and your marketing, trying to get new people, what do your existing customers think? Yeah. Oh, they don't care about me. Well, what if I just leave and go to a competitor? Will they even notice? You know, and so the innovation that I really try to, to bring to the forefront of small business, service-based business owners is let's look at your marketing from a comprehensive perspective for the entire customer journey. And there's really five phases of that customer journey, but it starts with lead acquisition, lead generation, yeah. and then it comes up into retaining customers. And if you put a safety net, and it's kind of the imagery I try to, to create for my clients is, you know, you've got this safety net here so that as they move from one stage to the other, you don't ever want them to fall out. You want them just to move right along so that they feel cared for, they feel taken care of, they feel valued throughout that entire process. And it builds up that goodwill and that trust that we also desperately need in our business. And so having that type of innovation is really, really important because now it's a, a total mind shift and it's a game changer for your business if you're not just focusing on leads, but you're focusing on how can I maximize the entire customer journey? That is so good. My research has been on innovativeness and the customer experience, the customer journey, along with the employee experience. Those are the key cultivators of innovativeness. And you touched yeah. on something really, really important that I want people to understand. We work really hard as small business owners to gain the trust of new, new uh, prospects and new customers. But we okay. have to also work just as hard to maintain trust throughout the relationship. Right. Yeah. Even, even after you've made the sale, you got to keep earning that trust because while and you know this, while you may work hard to earn that trust and really sell them, delight them in the process, you can lose trust just like that. You can yeah. lose it immediately. So you have to work just as hard at the beginning of your their brand interaction as just as much as you do at the end when you're trying to retain them and turn them into advocates. Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or simply share the show with a friend or colleague that may enjoy this new community or want to learn how to spark their innovativeness. That would help us out too. Now back to the show. Um, yeah, something uh, just if I can interject here. Sure. Um, I was having a conversation in a Facebook group that I'm a part of, and this was a really, really good question from the original poster. Mm -hmm. So this person owns a travel agency and their question was, is they're going through some some material right now that talked about a new customer welcome or kind of like a wow, shock and all package for sure. it. Sure. And so they were asking if somebody purchases a trip through us, when do I send this welcome package? Do I send it as soon as they purchase the trip 
or do I send it after they return from their vacation? And their question was based upon this premise. I don't get paid my commission until after they return from the trip. Yeah. Really, really good question. Yeah. But the one thing that I saw right away, his question was based on fear. Mm. Because a wow box, a new customer welcome package probably isn't going to be cheap. It's going to typically run you $20 or more if you do it correctly, Mm -hmm. you know, and it can be, Mm -hmm. you know, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks. Right. And if you've got to wait six months or longer before you get paid for that trip, as they pointed out, there's a lot that could happen, especially with the environment that we live in today, the trip gets canceled, you know, they get sidelined, whatever that the case may be. And then now you've sent this welcome packet and you're out 20, 50 bucks and the trip doesn't happen and you don't get paid for it. So I could see where they were operating from a place of fear. And so I really addressed that in that conversation. I was like, don't let the fear of risk paralyze you. Mm -hmm. Calculate Mm -hmm. the risk that you're taking and figure out a way to leverage it. Yeah. And here's the thing. I told him, I was like, you need to send that welcome package as soon as they book that trip. Right. Right. And you've got at least six months, if not longer, to really make a powerful impression upon them. Mm -hmm. That even if the trip gets canceled or it gets sidelined and you don't get your commission off of that trip, you will have impressed them so much that they're going to book with you again. Or we're going to refer friends and family or coworkers to you that maybe those trips do happen. That's going to weigh, outweigh the loss that you incurred by this one trip not happening. And so kind of thinking outside of the box and getting outside of your fear zone is another type of innovation that we as small business owners really have to kind of consider because, you know, you and I know very well that when you run your own business, you're assuming all of the risk. It's all not a risk. big company out there that yeah. you know is going to absorb the cost of it. Exactly. You know, exactly. Wrong. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great point. And you know, innovation is all about risk and how you manage that risk. I, I like how you really try to get that 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 client of yours to look at it from a different perspective. If you're going yeah. to innovate, you have to have to assume some risk. And as a small business owner, you accept all type of risk. But, right. but understanding that if you don't take that risk, what are you actually losing? Right. Like if you yeah. it, it, that like that's a great idea. Right. A, a, a welcome wow box. Mm-hmm. What do you lose? Just if you don't do something like that, you run the risk of losing the lifetime value of a customer. Not just like you said, yeah. not just that that commission six months down the road, but lifetime value, their kids, kids, right? I have this great travel agent and their friends, all of the people within their network, you run the risk of losing that. And so the cost of one innovation may seem like a lot, but if you look at it against the lifetime value of a client and their network, it's it's minimal. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's minimal. This is awesome. All right. So, um, so that's one way how you kind of describes how you change the thinking in terms of innovation for a client. Do you have any other case examples that you can kind of talk about or how you may have influenced the innovative culture of your clients? 
Yeah, so I, I recently read an article um, after we initially talked just to kind of, um, you know, kind of brush up on, you know, the whole topic of innovation, because <laughs> it's not something that's always at the forefront of our minds, right? Right. right. Um, and the article that I read mentioned that there really are like four types of innovation. So architectural, incremental, disruptive, and radical. And as I was like looking at that article, I was like, you know, I don't didn't really realize this, but I mostly help my clients with both architectural and incremental innovations. Yeah. So the architectural innovation, and I really love this, and I, I never would have termed it as an architectural innovation, but I've read about this in all of my studies and stuff. And I see, you know, how I even do it for myself and for my clients, but it's looking at what are other industries, other businesses doing that maybe are not exactly like us that we can adopt into our business. Mm -hmm. And one of the prime examples of this, and I'll never forget when, when I heard Dan Kennedy share this, but it's a great concept when we're talking about an architectural innovation is the drive-through. Now, where do we commonly think of drive-throughs today? Fast food restaurants, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They did not come up with the idea. Mm -hmm. Drive-throughs originated in the banking industry in the United States. Mm -hmm. And once the fast food restaurateurs saw, hey, this is a pretty cool idea. They don't have to get out of their car to go into the bank. <laughs> hmm, might we be able to do this at our place of business? Right. And lo and right. behold, almost every restaurant that you go to now, fast food restaurant, you've got a drive-through. Mm -hmm. And that's been a lifesaver, especially during the pandemic, is having that drive-through. Mm -hmm. And so... An architectural innovation, that's something that I really encourage my clients to think about and break outside of the mold, because what this industry over here is doing and the way that they're marketing their business, there's probably some tidbit of gold that you can extract from that mm -hmm. and put into your own business and be completely different from everybody else in your industry. Yeah. All you have to do is be a trendsetter. Mm -hmm. And if you can lead that trend, of course, everybody's going to follow and copy you, especially if right. it's successful. Absolutely. But if you can be that trendsetter and be aware of what's going on around you and say, you know what, if I tweak this, I could do it this way in my business and it's going to help with this or this. And so I help my clients implement that in their marketing. What can you take that's working in another space and you, how can you use that in your business? And then for those businesses that have some marketing already in place. So most small business owners that I work with are doing some sort of marketing. Um, so I look at the incremental innovation that we can take. How can we take what you currently have and make it better? Yeah. How can we improve the results of your marketing? You know, if you're doing direct mail, Let's look at the numbers. What are the current results that you're getting and how can we make it better? Maybe it's improving the message. Maybe it's getting a more targeted list. Maybe it's, um, you know, doing it at a different time or slightly different way. Incremental inno innovation is really important when it comes to marketing and business as well. Enjoying what you're hearing? We'd love to hear how the innovativeness imperative is impacting the way you do business. Keep listening to hear how you can leave us a message that we may use or respond to on an episode. 
Also, subscribe where you listen to your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now back to the show. Yeah, that that that's it's so important, and I think as you mentioned before, an overlooked area, right? Yeah, taking what you already do and trying to make it better, streamlining it, some making it more effective or efficient, and then yeah. the other idea of rethinking what's already existing in your industry. But it, it and and I I think that's one of the other things that um, a lot of business owners discount. Well, they're doing it. I don't know if I should do it. The fact that they're doing it, it's an innovation to your company. Yeah. Right. If you bring it to your company, it's something new. It's a new idea. And yeah. just and and I, I I always try to tell business people that the fact that they did it their way, you have your own way of doing things. I've coached basketball for a long time. And basketball is so, it's a, it's a form of, of a creative release, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because the rules don't change, right? Uh, the, right, yeah. The, the lines around the court, the height of the court doesn't change. But every player is unique in doing the same thing. You still have to dribble. You still have to pass. And you still have to shoot. And you still have to play defense. Yeah. But everybody does it differently. Everybody yeah. does it in their unique fashion. And so just because somebody in your industry is doing it doesn't mean you can add your own twist to it. And I, I really like that. And, and so yeah. th- that's a powerful thing to think about as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so now looking forward, well, before we look forward, what are, what are some of the things that um, you see as challenges as you're dealing with clients and even, and actually, as you think about the future, what are some of the roadblocks you, you might run into? So some of the challenges, um, you know, with marketing is technology is always changing. Yeah. You know, um, and that's always going to be, have an effect on your marketing. So just recently, um, iOS, came out with version 15 of their operating system for the iPhones and iPads. And they now, Apple is now allowing you to not allow people to track opens of emails. Hmm. Now, you know, that's all done in the name of privacy and everything, which I think is great. But from a marketing perspective, it sucks, (laughs) right? Now, Opens for emails has never, ever, ever been an accurate statistic to track, right? It's based upon a little hidden image, hidden in an email message that gets open and it reports back to the software, hey, somebody opened your email. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that they've read it. That just means that it was open on a device, you know, And, and maybe that's just simply clicking on an email, but that doesn't mean the recipient actually opened it and read it and said yes or no to whatever you're right. sending. Right. So there's always going to be technological challenges like that, that you have to overcome. Um, email has also become very, very popular over the past several years by every business out there because it's easy and it's cheap mm-hmm. and it can be done in a mass way. Yeah. So, well, of course, I'm going to do email marketing because 
it doesn't cost me a dime, right? So, which is a mistake when it comes to marketing, because whoever can spend the most to acquire a customer actually wins, yeah. but everybody gravitates towards the free email marketing. Well, now everybody's inboxes are cluttered and open rates used to be up here. Click-through rates used to be up here. Response rates, now they're down here, Yeah, yeah. you know? And so you have to figure out, do I continue to use email marketing? And if I do, how can I make sure that I'm getting 40, 50, 60% of my audience to engage with my emails? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that's kind of some challenges. Um, so many people have also gravitated towards social media marketing. So you're using Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all of these online platforms for social media marketing. And as you know, all of these platforms have their own criteria mm -hmm. and they don't tell you what their algorithms are. Um, I know so many people, I know probably the top marketer on Facebook who is an actual agency running Facebook ad accounts for hundreds of other agencies, got his own Facebook account shut down, his business wow. account shut down wow. by Facebook. Wow. He crossed Just the like line. He, did he, he crossed the line, but unknowingly crossed the line. Unknowingly crossed the line. Yeah. 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 And if it can happen to a big boy like that, yeah. It can happen to a small guy like me. Right. right? We don't have a chance. Right? You don't have a chance. <laughs> and so um, you have to be aware that, you know, at a moment's notice that you may or may not have access to a particular platform that you're using for your marketing. And so those are the challenges. And that's why you have to be innovative. You can't just depend on one avenue of marketing. Yeah. Because yeah. what if that one avenue gets shut down? Yeah. Yeah. Now you're going to be scrambling around and in a world of hurt. And so that's, that's kind of some of the challenges and the things that I encourage my clients to think about, especially as they're going into 2022, how can you diversify? Yeah. yeah. You know, it ultimately boils down to you, there's three parts of, of marketing. Number one is your market. Who are the people that you're trying to reach? That's the foundation. You've got to get clear on that. Secondly is your message. How are you going to resonate with the people that you want to reach? And then the third and final thing is the media. Yeah. How are you going to reach your people? That should be the last thing, but there shouldn't just be one. What are the many different ways that we can reach our target audience with the message we need to share with them so that they respond? Yeah. And the more you can diversify, um, that's going to be really, really helpful. And again, another you know innovation to kind of think about in 2022 and beyond is look for that gold mine in your business. Don't yeah. just focus on the new leads. How can you take care of your existing customers and leverage them into, you know, becoming better and higher value clients? Yeah, that that's so good. Market uh, message and media shout out to magnetic marketing shout out exactly. to Dan Kennedy. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so talk to me, you, you kind of was alluding to it. What are some of the, we talked about the challenges, but what are some of the things that you're looking to do for a master plan for success going forward into 22? What are some of the things that you're thinking about from an innovative perspective? Yeah. So, you know, for my own company, um, I'm looking at really just kind of the different ways that I can get in front of service-based business owners 
and make them aware of this that we're talking about tonight. Yeah. Um, again, it goes back to the fact that when I started out as a small business owner in my IT company, I had no clue what I was doing with marketing. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm not the only person out there that feels that way or felt that way. Yeah. You know, and so one of the things that I'm working on really doing is, is really figuring out how can I make this crystal clear and so easy for small business owners to implement in their business. Yeah. And the automation is the key mm -hmm. because I, as a, a small business owner, was already working 50, 60 hour weeks, just doing the work of the business. Yeah. When it came to marketing, I didn't want to add another 10 or 20 hours a week <laughs> to my schedule. Right. And so figuring out, you know, the automation that can, um, that can support the service-based business owners and basically, again, go back to doing this on autopilot. How can we actually help them achieve what they want to achieve without having to put in a massive time investment yeah. um, and to get to see the results, you know, from that. Um, and so it's, it's been interesting because a lot of the conversations that I've had with my clients and, and prospects um, has been around how can we do this effectively and take what we already have and make it better. And I've I really enjoyed those conversations because it's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. And the light bulb comes on and they're just excited and they're energetic about awesome. We can we can actually do this. Yeah. Now, the one thing I do tell all my clients, marketing is testing. Yeah. All marketing is testing. There is it's a mix of art and science, <laughs> right? You're listening to the Innovativeness Imperative Podcast, the show that brings you global conversations with business leaders like you. To spark your innovativeness, inspire you on your entrepreneurial journey, and help sharpen your leadership skills. With your host, Dr. Malcolm Tyson, award-winning business leader, entrepreneur, and innovative culture advocate. Now back to the show. You know, but you have to be willing to test things out. And that's the same way with all innovation, really. Yeah. Because not everything that you choose to bring into your business and try is going to work. Yeah. As a matter of fact, part of being an entrepreneur is becoming comfortable with failure. You know? <laughs> yes. You just yes. keep failing forward. <laughs> and marketing is the same way. You find out, hey, this actually resonated with my target audience oh, that didn't go over so well. Why not? How can I actually make this better? How can I make it effective? And so helping people understand that marketing is testing um, is really key. And you find the business owners who are willing to take on that risk of accepting the testing and the possibility of failure and the ones who aren't. Yeah. The yeah. ones who are willing to expose themselves to that risk are more likely to succeed because yeah. they're going to fail forward and they're going to do that much faster. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that sort of aligns with what you were talking about before, where you, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, right? You, you have to yeah. be able to diversify. And with that diversification comes testing, right? Um, yep. You're familiar with having that, that marketing wheel, right? Where you have mm -hmm. a, a lot of different spokes and yeah. not everything's going to work, but 
you're okay with that because you have a number of different opportunities and a number of different actions going on at the same time, just to make your, yeah. your prospects and clients aware. Um, exactly. Th this is so good. The, the, you, you mentioned about your experiences um, and being able to create the marketing machine for your clients. And it, are you seeing any other trends that are that is kind of shaping the way you think about marketing, about innovation, about helping your clients? Are you seeing any other things? So one of the innovate, it almost seems like an innovation anymore. Um, because whenever I started with marketing, email marketing was really heavy. Yeah. You know, it was really predominant. And then of course the whole social media thing blew up, mm -hmm. but an innovation that I am seeing some businesses go back to is the old school direct mail. Yeah. You know, because email inboxes have gotten so cluttered. Yeah. And inbox delivery is, is much more difficult. Social media advertising can be expensive with minimal results. Yeah. And that, especially social media advertising, it's still a shotgun type of approach to marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of business owners now are, are trying to figure out, like, how can I be more innovative and be laser focused on who yeah. I want to reach? Mm -hmm. And while it may be a little bit more expensive, Direct mail, I believe, is going to be making a comeback because I go to my post office box every day mm -hmm. and I'm getting less and less mail than what I did three years ago yeah. or 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So the ability to stand out to your ideal customer when you've got five pieces of mail versus 50 emails, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. guess what? I'm yeah. going to get noticed if I'm in the mailbox. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that is, that's a trend that I see, you know, potentially taking off. And I, I'm really encouraging my clients to at least bring some form of direct mail mm -hmm. into their marketing systems yeah. because it's so much more effective. And, and you can have that bounce back, you know, online, offline, offline to online. Mm -hmm. You've got to have that mixture there. Yeah. And, um, so that that's an innovation that I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it, it's been really cool to see a lot of the older trends and fads and fashions and everything <laughs> start to come back into yeah. style, you yeah. know, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think we're going to see kind of the same thing happen over the next several years, even in the realms of marketing, because when a certain media or method gets saturated, we've got to go to something else. And I think yeah. it's just the pendulum kind of swinging back and forth. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's a, that's a good point. And I even, because we're all, we're fighting for that little bit of attention, right? We're all fighting yeah. for that little bit of attention. And it, it, wow, I think, I mean, you, I think we heard it here first from you, Scott. Connecting with your previous clients and clients that you've had for a while through direct mail. I think that's yeah. an awesome idea, right? I think yeah. that's a, that's a, it's a personalized way because it's hard because I think one of the things or objections you might hear about direct mail is like, uh, it's shotgun, just like social media. But if you go direct mail to the clients that already know you, that you've already got a relationship with, I think that'll be super powerful in terms of oh, yeah. just building that connection and, and being able to collaborate with them and just maintain that relationship. 
it's much more personal. Yeah. I mean, if you get a, if you get a letter, well, even if it's typed, I, my handwriting sucks. So <laughs> if you get a handwritten letter from me, you know, you're really special. Uh, most of the time you're going to get a typed letter, but I've put a lot of thought and time into that. Yeah. Emails I could write in 20 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. maybe five minutes, <laughs> you're right. which is going to, which is going to mean more to a person where you've had to actually type out the letter, print it, fold it, stuff it into an envelope, lick it shut, put a stamp on it, take it to the post office. Yeah. Or type, 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 click, send, boom, and it's off. <laughs> it's done. Right. You know, that personal connection and using direct mail for that. Now, yes, you can use direct mail in a shotgun type of fashion, every door direct mail. It's effective. And I do recommend that clients use it in certain use cases. But for the most part, I recommend direct mail be used for those targeted mailings. So you've got a list of 100 customers who you haven't heard from for you know six months or a year. Yeah. Let's find out what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. They snuck out the back door when we weren't looking. Let's see if we can get them back in the front door. Yeah. You know, whatever that that looks like. And now's your chance to show up in an apologetic way. If you felt like, you know, Hey, I just didn't do well, you know, didn't, I didn't do right by them or, you know, Hey, we miss you. You know, we know that the world's been really crazy. We've been really crazy. We, we neglected you. Hey, come back. Give us another opportunity. Um, You can really personalize that message. And most people will respond to that. Yeah. They'll give you another chance, unless you just really, really, really blew it. (laughs) Most people will give you another chance. Yeah. And that's so much easier and so much more cost effective than it is to try to get new leads. Yes. Because these people already have an experience with you and now you've got an opportunity to make it even better. Yes. Yes. Wow. This has been so good, Scott, man, beyond my expectations in terms of just the, the knowledge and, and just, nuggets that you've given the listeners here. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I mean, I am so passionate because I'm really, I'm really sick. I'm on a lot of marketers list and I'm really (laughs) sick of hearing, get more leads, get more leads, get more customers. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know what, you know, and we've all heard about cryptocurrency and, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum and all that type of stuff and how meteoric it it is and, and, you know, and all that type of stuff. And I'm sitting here thinking, so many businesses have this huge pile of Bitcoin <laughs> right under their nose, yeah. but they've completely ignored that gold mine that they have because they're out here chasing pennies, Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's like, if I can help you, and, and this is really where I begin when I start working with clients is I, I meet with them for an hour and a half to two hours to really understand their business and what marketing have they done? What's their current list look like? That type of thing. Because I can most times help you get a quick win in your existing list. Mm-hmm. And then we can start to branch out and start to get new customers and maximize that part of the customer journey. While we've also got a good solid foundation with this key part of the customer journey. Because here's the thing. If your customer service, customer retention systems don't exist or they're broken, what good is it to, for you to get a new lead and they go into a 
a missing or broken system. Right. They'll fall right back out. I hope you like what you're hearing so far. The Innovativeness Imperative podcast is made possible by Anchor, which makes it easy for podcasters like me to record, edit, and publish shows in one place. Go to anchor.fm to learn more and set up a free account. Now back to the show. back out yeah you know so if you had a thousand new customers come (laughs) in the front door and you kept three what good was it what how much money and time and effort did you waste yeah on that thousand people to only get three when if you fix this part of the system first yeah now you're set up for success and you get a thousand and you keep 997 yeah that's a game changer absolutely right absolutely and so Thinking about marketing in a slightly different way. Again, you're going to have the whole funnel, all of these systems, they work together, mm-hmm. but where do you begin? Yeah. You know, that, that's what's really, really important when thinking about that. This, why do you think, because you mentioned this early on in the interview about, you know, the large, like the large telcos, T-Mobile, T-Mobile Verizon, DirecTV, they're always shopping for new clients, but me, I've been a direct TV, you know, subscriber for 20 years and I don't get the discount, mm-hmm. right? Why yeah. is it, do you think that small businesses try to use that saying, or, or, or maybe it's a habit. I don't know. What, what do you think is the reason why small businesses try to do that same approach? Because they see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. So when you watch, I mean, we hear it on the radio, we see it on TV and we see the big companies, the big guys, we see what they're doing. Yeah. And as small business owners, we don't know any better. We just think that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Oh, they're doing it. So I must need to do that. Yeah. We have to emulate exactly what they're doing. And really, as Dan Kennedy would say, they're just big, dumb companies. Right. They got money and to you burn. Don't want to, yeah. With money to burn, <laughs> yeah. don't follow what they're doing. As a matter of fact, do the opposite of what they're doing. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, I mean, again, we're so, a lot of small business owners are in desperation mode. Unfortunately, yeah. most small business owners are barely doing better than living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You know, one big catastrophe could bring them down. Yeah. You know, we saw that with the pandemic. When yeah. it first hit, so oh, many yeah. small businesses Wipe crumbled. Yeah, because they just weren't there. And part of that is that they're doing the things that the big dumb companies are doing because they've got millions and billions of dollars that they can, you know, and it doesn't matter. And they're more concerned about their shareholders. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to get a return on this investment. You know, we've got to make sure that you make 33 cents on every dollar of share that you have. Right. Yeah. And we as small business owners don't have that luxury right. and the marketing agencies that these big companies are using, they don't have any criteria on, well, what are the, re- what's the return on our investment? We're spending a hundred thousand dollars with you. Are we getting $105,000 back? Right. right. Or 
is it just costing us a hundred thousand yeah. dollars? The big companies don't, they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Us small business owners, we do, yes. you know? And so we really have to, to analyze like, is this the right thing to be doing? Is it getting us a return on our investment? If it, I, I cut out in my IT business before I stepped out of the day-to-day -day operations in the, the final three to four years that I was uh, handling all of that, I cut out a lot of this extraneous marketing and advertising that I was being approached with. Mm -hmm. You know, the little league team calling up, hey, do you want to have your banner on the outfield? Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> I can't do that this year. It's not yeah. because I didn't want to support the little league. I would support them in a different way, right. but right. not with my marketing dollars yeah. just to have a banner that people probably aren't going to remember. Exactly. And you know, when the newspaper would call and say, hey, we, we're going to have our firefighter recognition page on whatever date that it was. Do you want to place an ad in that? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't support our firefighters because the fire department was a client of ours. <laughs> we support, we honored and recognized them in a different way, but we didn't waste our marketing dollars on a one-shot deal that never generated any results. Yeah. And I started saying no to things and it took some guts. I mean, it kind of made you feel bad. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, but these are supporting your community and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. It's got to get me a return on investment. Yeah. If yeah. it doesn't yeah. get me a return on investment, that's not the appropriate way for me to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I started cutting those out. And then when I started adopting marketing that was only geared towards a return on investment, that's when things really started to change. And so as small business owners, we have to really be careful about that. Again, pandemic comes along, you need cash in the bank. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't have that, how long can you survive, you know, and without being innovative too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great point. I'm still working with some of our community leaders in our area um, to help some of the businesses that got hit by the pandemic. And now it seems yeah. like we're, we're about to go back through something very similar. So um, every dollar should be working. I try yeah. to shoot for, you know, at least two, two fifty on every dollar spent. So do you have a rule of thumb that you, you share for, for, for small business owners? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the industry, you know, yeah, um, yeah. and where they're at in their marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, at the very beginning, it might be just, you know, getting break even because yeah. maybe they've always been the loss. Right. That yeah. was my my experience with my automation software. When I started mm -hmm. using my automation software, you know, I spent twenty five hundred dollars a year, but I wasn't using it. So mm -hmm. I was in the negative. I was just happy. It's like when I reconsidered it and I was like, OK, do I keep this or do I just cut it completely out of the budget? Mm -hmm. And I said, I'll give it one more shot. If I can at least break even, I'll be happy. Yeah. And it didn't take long for me to get to the break even point, which then inspired me. Okay. Now what can I do with it? Mm -hmm. What can my return on my investment be? And within a very short period of time, I was making two, three, four times from one campaign than what I was paying all year for the automation software. Yeah. So, you know, for small businesses, you know, it might be, let's just get you to a break even. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's get that 50 cents. Now let's get that dollar and keep increasing from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so good.
Thanks for joining us this week on the Innovativeness Imperative. We hope that this conversation was helpful and at a minimum gave you a perspective that may be useful in your business. If you like what you heard and want to comment, you can leave a message for us at anchor.fm forward slash Malcolm dash Tyson dash PhD dash I two forward slash message. We're listening and we'll respond to questions during an upcoming show. So record your message and send it in to join in on the innovativeness conversation. You can also subscribe to the show directly on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS feed so you'll never miss a show. Give us a rating and share us with your friends. I'll leave you with a quote by Steve Jobs. You can't just ask customers what they want and then try to give that to them. By the time you get it built, they'll want something new. Thanks again, and until next time, keep innovating and thriving. Um, okay, and th- this has been so helpful, just jogging my brain and, and talking to you about this. Could you give uh, our listeners uh, a way they could connect with you on your social media and internet in general? Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Um, the easiest way to get a hold of me is via my website, masterplan, the number four success.com. So masterplan, the number four success.com. And uh, that kind of, you know, just kind of gives a brief summary about the services that we offer. Um, if you want to schedule a call, just click the let's talk button. Uh, that's right there at the top of the page. And that'll give you a link to my calendar and, and happy to, uh, to chat with anybody for about 30 to 45 minutes and, and kind of see where you're at, you know, with marketing and automation, uh, the struggles that you're having and, you know, see if there's something that I might be able to do to help you get the, your business growing on autopilot. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been truly awesome, Scott. Um, I, I wish you all the best. We'll definitely stay in touch and hopefully we can do this again in, in 2022. Sounds great. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, Malcolm. All right. Well, happy holidays to you, brother, and happy new year to you. All right. Same to you. We'll see you. Okay, Scott. Bye-bye. Bye. Yay! Oh, thank you. Wow.